1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lincoln Journal-Star's Life in the Red podcast. As always, Luke Mullen, Amy Just here with your weekly update in Nebraska athletics. We got important updates, of course, football, looking at a transfer portal quarterback, men's and women's basketball teams, uh, some important matchups, getting a little bit of a, a look at Big Ten play. But the big story, as it has been for a couple of weeks, Nebraska volleyball, uh, this incredible season that they're having, continues to the Final Four. How about that?
0: I had an inkling this would happen back in September. Mm-hmm. Um but you never know, right? And here we are. I uh, leave for Tampa on Tuesday.
1: Yep, flight is booked, ready to go. Um excited for warm weather maybe.
0: <laughs> it's been fine yeah. here. I mean,
1: yeah, it's not that cold here, but Yeah. The beach.
0: I will I am very much looking forward to some
1: beach time. Yep. Get down there, get some uh relaxation in between Couple of days, days between the matches down there's there. There's
0: still yeah. a lot of work to be done. It is <laughs> just, not a I'm vacation. There is, uh,
1: yeah, there's some serious, serious work uh, will, of course, be going on. Serious work for the volleyball team, of course. And uh, looking at how they got there, how they punched that ticket to the Final Four. Uh, first off, it was that Sweet 16 matchup against Georgia Tech. 3 uh, 0 win kind of felt like a standard Nebraska win this year. Like played great defense. Offense was in, in sync. Um, you know, had a had a really strong first set there that, that kind of set the tone and I mean the the hitting percentage kind of says it all Nebraska hit three twenty six in that one held Georgia Tech to point oh one nine.
0: Yeah, and Georgia Tech struggled yeah. to get into the positives on that. I thought that I think that felt like the best match Nebraska has played all postseason. Um yes, there were some third set woes as they've had this year, but uh, one of the fastest matches for Nebraska this season um, really handled business uh, ahead of their Elite Eight matchup against Arkansas.
1: Yeah, and this was a much different match because I hadn't, you know, I I just hadn't seen that a team come out the way that Arkansas did and kind of like throw that first punch and land it basically. I mean, it was a serious... Challenge the Nebraska need to respond to in that first set.
0: Yeah, and that didn't surprise me. Uh, Arkansas's hitter uh, Jillian Gillen is in a class all her own. Um, she's five seven, and you rarely see five seven outside hitters in you know power five volleyball. It just doesn't happen, but it doesn't matter. She can jump alongside anybody. Uh, her attack is really powerful, and it's just so different than what any than what Nebraska has faced at all this season, and so I knew it was probably going to take a little bit of time for them to adjust to her, and that's what happened, and they did. Granted, uh, Jill still played a really great game, but um, they finally figured out their block, and Becca Alec was on fire with that, and uh, needed four to get it done, but got it done.
1: Yeah, that, that first set was just so crucial. Uh, Nebraska trailed 12-6 and then 21-16 a lot later, which is a really tough deficit to overcome. Um, you know, they strung a couple of nice points together. Merrick and a very important kill there at the end. And she had a great match overall, finished with 19 kills, hit 239, eight blocks and 11 digs. Uh, she was all over in those big moments, as she has been all season long.
0: Yeah, she... I've said it time and time again, like I can't imagine this team without her. And she's Absolutely. only been here for a yeah. season. She's been just a force for this team, really the glue that kind of holds them together, but also the engine that makes them go. Um, it's, she's just so much fun to watch. Yeah,
1: so steady, so composed out there. And of course, it wasn't just her. Harper Murray had 15 kills. Allie Batonhorse had nine. As you mentioned, Becca Alec kind of stand out there from a, a great defensive performance as well. Career high 12 blocks, pretty good time to uh come up with that one.
0: Uh yeah, no kidding. She yeah, big block Becca came to play.
1: <laughs> I like is that is that an official nickname?
0: Uh I'm if it's not, it should be. We're
1: starting it right now. <laughs> if it's not, it should be. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was uh the three-one victory uh over Arkansas, sending Nebraska back to the final four. And that is the sixth time in the last nine years, seventeenth time in program history. Uh really. Really impressive job. I mean, six times in nine years, that is a testament to John Cook. Wow.
0: Yeah, and just the the talent that he keeps bringing in, that Jalen Reyes keeps helping bringing in, it just, it's, a, it's an incredible feat.
1: Yeah, and certainly on that topic, uh, some good news for the future long-term stability of the Nebraska Volleyball Program assistance, Jalen Reyes and Kelly Hunter, given contract extensions um, announced today. Obviously, both of them do a, a stand-up job, and I think the recruiting job, too, is, is so important for those assistants as well.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. What they have been able to do um, since they've been here, um, bring in incredible talent. I mean, look at this class, this freshman class yeah. that they have right now, right? Look at the class the year before, the year before. Like, it just, it keeps, you know, getting better, and the class that they have coming in next year is small. It's pretty dang good anyway. So, yeah, they are at the top of their game and it is a no-brainer to extend both of them.
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, when you have that much stability at the top, too, with Coach Cook, you want those assistants to be stable as well. And they've been here for several seasons and will continue to be uh, fixtures, of course, of that Nebraska volleyball coaching staff. So that's about the future. But about right now, it's Final Four time um, and it's some of the same teams, you know, that are, are usually there. Uh, Pittsburgh. Texas and Wisconsin, the other three teams that also made to the Final Four. And the first matchup will be Nebraska, Pittsburgh, 6 p.m. Thursday night. That'll be on ESPN Texas, Wisconsin to follow. And of course, if we had Brent Wagner with us, our uh our local volleyball rider, we we'd maybe have the more in-depth scouting report. But obviously this Pittsburgh team, they've been at the Final Four these last couple of years. Uh they're veteran, they're experienced. Um, just from the little bit that I've seen from them, they're their set of Rachel Fairbanks obviously makes that offense hum at a very high level.
0: Yeah, what they were able to do um last weekend was absolutely insane. Louisville had their number and won the first two sets in pretty convincing fashion and then just completely fell apart and Pitt pulled off the reverse sweep. That happens, but in a regional final, bananas. Like Pitt like, yes, everyone's talking about Texas and Wisconsin. You cannot overlook Pitt. You absolutely cannot. They're a really good team. They deserve to be here. They've had a great season. Um, They have two really good outside freshmen Um, with Olivia Babcock and Tori Stafford. And I just, it's going to be interesting. I do think Nebraska pulls it out, but it uh, could be one of those matches where it gets a little ugly and they have to find a way to win.
1: Yeah, and Pittsburgh, you know, the the mental toughness, obviously, that you have to show to come back, you know, complete the reverse sweep and that's kind of been the story of their season too. They had a couple losses earlier in the year really turned things on later. Um and you know, it's it's interesting that comeback. Can't say that. I was able to watch those final two sets, you know, I was watching of course the start, you know, the Louisville pulling ahead and it was like, "Oh, Louisville looks so strong." And then of course, you know, the Nebraska game starts. There were uh, other considerations to watch kind of kind of unfortunate the uh the viewing windows kind of overlapped there. I, I know we were um, talking about the the two hour TV windows that they had for those volleyball matches, that was a rough rough go of things, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hope ESPN will learn its lesson. Yep. From that, um, anybody who knows anything about volleyball knows that for an elite eight, a two hour window, probably not going to get you there. Probably yep. not. And it didn't. I don't know if any of those matches were under two
1: hours. I don't think so. I don't think so. So,
0: hopefully they will learn moving forward. Build in, you know, two and a half, three, pair it with a studio show. Um, Something's got to give. If you want to do it right, you do do it right. Now, granted, TV networks aren't super great at uh, figuring out the the windows for football games, either. Um, (laughs) But For an Elite Eight, when you know that these matches more than likely aren't only going to be three sets, it's very rare that a four-set match finishes in under two hours. Yeah, It happened twice for Nebraska this season. You want to know how long those were? 158 and 156. So just like right under the gun. So going to have to expand those windows, I think, moving forward.
1: But, you know, that was the only thing that kind of stood out to me because I thought it was... You know, it's a great format, like play those matches like back to back. If you're a volleyball fan, easy to just leave the TV on, right? Well, not exactly when there's, you know, matches starting at different times, one in progress, you know, you got to change the channel, whatever. But I think really good, of course, um, that these national semifinals will be on ESPN. And of course, the national championship match uh, will be televised on ABC. That is Sunday, 2 p.m. And if Nebraska were to get there, of course, they have to get past Pittsburgh Going to be a a difficult matchup, as you mentioned, but Texas-Wisconsin in the other semifinal, kind of a a pick-your-poison situation here, right? I mean, defending national champions versus the program that's had Nebraska's number.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know who Nebraska would rather have. I don't know who Nebraska fans would rather have think nebraska fans would rather have a third option come out of <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. anywhere else
0: uh it's the two programs that they like the absolute least in the entire country
1: and they have pushed this volleyball program at a high level as well
0: so. oh yeah every every match between nebraska and either one of those programs has uh always been a little gut-wrenching or heartbreaking or stress-inducing of any variety. Yeah,
1: downright challenging, <laughs> so. certainly. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one. And, of course, uh, this Texas team, multiple players back uh, from last year's national championship team, dominant hitter Madison Skinner leads that bunch. Wisconsin, Nebraska knows Wisconsin, the battles that they've had this year. I mean, just the way that it's all shaping up, this entire Final Four looks like it's going to be exciting. And no matter the combination of teams, I think that, There'll be some fireworks in that national championship match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Regardless of who's in it, any one of the potential combinations, it will be the highest televised uh volleyball match ever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, again, that will be Sunday, 2 p.m. on ABC. Um a lot, a lot to get to before then. Got to get down to Tampa first, uh, first of all, before f- those matches yeah. can take place. So. My flight
0: is in... Just about 28 hours or so.
1: All right. No delays. Get there on time. I hope not. <laughs> Absolutely. So we will look forward to, to seeing all that action. But further updates to bring you. Uh, we'll move on to basketball, football at the end. Um, starting with the women's basketball team. Uh, they're hot right now. They've now won four games in a row, eight and two on the season. And this this uh, this most recent week included a, a pretty eye opening win over UNC Wilmington, 108 to 35. Uh, Jazz Hallie, we've talked often about how good she is, but triple double, how about that?
0: Yeah, so she's the second player in Nebraska history, um, or this she's the first player, excuse me, in Nebraska history with two triple doubles, and that includes men's and women's. No other Husker who's ever worn the jersey has done what she's done ever in men's or women's basketball. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And her stat line from that game, 19 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Like, that's really, it's really hard. Like, you know, even when your team scores 100 points, like still to have 11 assists, I mean, that's, that's really impressive from her.
0: Yeah. And she was on triple double watch in the first quarter. <laughs> like, it was, that's incredible. it was crazy. Yeah. I believe she had seven assists in the first quarter. I think it was up there. It's just like, is she going to do this? Like, by halftime, Um, she got some rest, so no. But if Amy would have left her on the floor the entire time, she would have got it. She would have done it, yeah. It's just wild. Also, more fun stats from that. It wasn't just Jazz. Seven players scored in double figures. Jeff Grish, who would know their SID, said he can't recall a time where that's ever happened before.
1: Yeah, that's hard to do absolutely spread spread the scoring around do so well uh certainly a, a very good all-around team effort and um you know that that was a good i think springboard to perhaps the the more impactful game of the week uh, their big 10 opener against michigan state uh this finished 80 74 win uh, for nebraska Alexis markowski uh had seventeen rebound double double and most of that came in the second half Uh, from her as a little bit of kind of a, you know, up and down game a little bit. But Nebraska did what they needed to do, build a lead and then kind of defended it there at the end.
0: Yeah, Alexis had been in foul trouble and was sitting on the bench and they needed her and she played through it and came away with a line like that. She's had, I think, five straight double-doubles, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not looking at my notes, but she's had an incredible start to her season um and that's only been helped by like the presence of Natalie Potts, mm-hmm. who has also had an incredible start to her college career. She won Big Ten Freshman of the Week again this week. Crazy.
1: Yes, every every week it seems like she's uh she's it's always in her that her and
0: Caitlin Clark yeah.
1: every week. <laughs> some repeat, some repeat winners there, certainly. And also worth noting, Nebraska shot 10 for 23. Uh, from three-point range, held Michigan State to four for 27 shooting. So defense uh, also playing a part in that win. And Huskers get a couple days off uh, before they will host Southern on Sunday at noon, and then they have a road trip to Kansas on Wednesday night to finish non-conference play. Pretty strong Kansas team that's uh, played a really tough schedule so far this year.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Allen Fieldhouse is always a really tough place to play. I would know. I watched a lot of yeah. games in that building. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they've got a lot uh, on their plates before then. Obviously, it's finals week this week, so good luck to everyone, student athletes, regular students, professors. We got, we got the
1: academic shout out on the, on the podcast. Today. Well,
0: it's a it's a tough week when yeah. you're balancing being in season, still needing to practice, but focusing on your finals, like. That's been a big stressor for Nebraska volleyball this week because, you know, they've got a little bit going on, right? So, uh, yeah, that's why men's and women's uh, basketball don't play this week. A
1: little bit of a break. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that will be a good test for them on the road to Kansas. uh, How the women's basketball team standing right now at eight and two. Also the record for the men's team, which uh, had potential for a pretty ugly stretch uh, but now it looks like it was like, an yeah, ugly stretch. I mean, it, it could have been even uglier, but now you can kind of look at it and say, okay, they they righted the ship a little bit.
0: Maybe it's one game, yeah. So let's see. You know, there's always the possibility for one step forward, two steps back. Um, and, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a roller coaster of a week for them. You know, they get the doors blown off of them at home against Creighton, they play like absolute garbage against Minnesota. Um they got punked up there. They had a 17 point lead at one point, 15 points at halftime and lost by 11. Um just were not playing their game. Could not make shots. Not tough on the glass. Could not defend the perimeter in either one of those games. Um but they came out and it was a close game against a down Michigan State team. Yes, they were in the preseason top 5, but There, Michigan State's 4-5 and at this point and has lost to James Madison. Just not the the best start for them, but it was a must-win game for Nebraska. Absolute must-win. And they figured it out. Uh, You know, they came out hot in the second half, which is something that they had been really lacking this season, and then they held on in the end. Also something that had been lacking for them this season. So, great win for them. uh, Definite confidence booster. Um, and the first time that, uh, Fred Hoiberg has beaten Michigan state since he's been here.
1: Yep. And that snapped, uh, 11 game losing streak, uh, to the Spartans. And yeah, th- yeah, they're, they're not at their best certainly, but how many times have we seen like a Michigan state team lose 10, 12, you know, regular season games. And then they just find a way to sneak into the NCAA tournament, make a little run. Like obviously they're, they're very, they're a very talented team, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, this was a Quadrant 3 win, um, but I, that'll change. Michigan State will find its groove. Um, they don't really have a center, which is a big problem for them, but it's a Tom Izzo coach team. They will figure it out.
1: Yeah, so the, certainly that uh, that win feels good really not, uh, right now. Could look even better on the resume there at the end of the year, depending on how Michigan State performs, but In that win, Juwan Gary uh, really had an excellent game, scored 20 points, was all over as he usually is. His
0: first start of the season, uh, Josiah uh, sustained an ankle injury against Minnesota, just wasn't quite ready um, to play against Michigan State, said that he could come in for a few minutes if they needed him, but they didn't want to risk it, especially since he just has a history with these ankle injuries because he's hurt both of them at various different points in his career, so... Give him the rest. Have Jawan Gary start, um, and we'll see how he uh, feels uh, by the end of the week.
1: Yeah, it made me laugh. I think it was like the last two minutes oh of the God. game or whatever when he <laughs> when he got out there on the court for I the celebration. Thought, yeah. I thought he was gonna get teed up. For I thought that. so too. The coaches were like, "Get back on the bench." He momentarily
0: <laughs> forgot where he was. I can guarantee you.
1: Oh, that was that was a funny moment. Though. I'm like, yeah.
0: Oh, because Wilson and I were sitting next to each other up on press row, and he did that. I'm like, Josiah, sit down. Like, no. Oh, man. That was—can't do that. Yep. But maybe, he got away got with away it. got away with He it. got yeah. away. Oh, he definitely <laughs> got away with that. He
1: was He was only, what, you know, 10 feet out there on the court. He was—yeah. Uh, he was, you know, he was excited to celebrate, but certainly uh, a was plenty— like,
0: Yeah, he was the happy yeah. version of Fran. <laughs> yeah, all the way out That's there right. on the floor. That's right.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. But, Can't uh, do that. I also think it's worth um, looking at Bryce Williams, too, because mm-hmm. he had a, a great scoring day um, in this one and against Minnesota as well. And that guard rotation has changed a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, the minutes are going to change, you know, conference games. You know, you got to tighten up a little bit. But Sam Hoiberg getting some key minu- key minutes and then didn't see any any Coleman out there against uh, against mm-hmm. Michigan State.
0: Yeah. Sam Hoiberg's stat line isn't going to jump out at you, but he played a really big role in that win against Michigan State. He was all over the place. He was fighting for loose balls. He, you know, came up with a couple jump balls that went in the favor of Nebraska. Like, he was—his basketball IQ was really, really evident uh, in that win.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, too, when he comes out there, like, there's some— some good moments where like the offense flows very well. Like he's a very good facilitator, you know, Mm -hmm. get the ball moving, you know, pass and and move all that sorts of stuff. So still, still some, uh, you know, changes to that rotation there, but certainly uh, Bryce Williams also excelling there at that guard spot. So Huskers now eight and two, one and one in conference after the start. Uh, They have three more non-conference games before they can resume Big Ten play in the new year and upcoming schedule for them. Uh, go on the road to a very good Kansas State team Uh, that's 2 p.m. on Sunday and we will host North Dakota 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Going to be a test there against the Wildcats.
0: Yeah, that's a game that you have to emphasize very heavily. They got punked by Kansas State last year. Played
1: absolutely terrible against them.
0: And they rebounded from it, right? But you can't have that happening in back-to-back years.
1: Yeah, and think of you know how they performed against Creighton too. It's like you want to see some progress here. Like you, mm-hmm. you need to you need to just be a lot more competitive, and at least like have some elements of your offense run a little bit better or play better defense, whichever area of the the floor that hopefully they can get a, a better effort there because they're going to need it.
0: Yeah, and Bramlage is not an easy place to play. Um, I don't think they're allowed to play Sandstorm anymore. I can't remember. Cover um, your Well, that's that's where my hatred of it began. Um, But yeah, that student section is huge and they are crazy. And Nebraska is going to need to find a way to tune it out because it will be very distracting.
1: Yep. Very important road game for them again. 2 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, Huskers go there to play Kansas State.
0: Same time as. The national championship match for volleyball. So if Nebraska makes the national championship match, might have to do a split screen on that one.
1: (laughs) It's going to be some tough, uh, yeah, tough watching, certainly, uh, for anybody on that. So that is your men's basketball update. And real quick, before we wrap this one up, uh, still a lot of off-season action going on with the football team. December transfers in, transfers out. And for Nebraska, of course, uh, this was one of the top things on our off-season to-do list. Uh, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, find a transfer portal quarterback. Uh, Marcus Soderfield met with several of them. That list has already shrunk, two of them. Off the board, Blake Shapin committed to Mississippi State and Sam Levitt to Arizona State. So the three that Soderfield met with, Ohio State's Kyle McCord, Kansas State's Will Howard, Washington State's Cam Ward. Uh, those are apparently the three remaining targets as we see them right now, you know, depending on how things shake out.
0: Yeah, and sounds like Kyle McCord is here
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, doing an in person visit. Um, so we will see where that goes. Um, but I'm very intrigued by that one.
1: Yeah, really important to get those transfers on campus because, I, you know, there's limited days. I'm not. I'm not sh- exactly sure off the top of my head, but it's like a ten day window or something like that where they can come visit. And um, too, when you're looking at McCord, like I, I looked at the turnover numbers a little bit because I thought that was, that was going to be important for Number any quarterback. Number one key. Yep. And he is really talented when it comes to, like, he attempted a lot of passes, tight windows. And, like, obviously, he had, he had very good wide receivers around him. But uh, just from the play that he showed last year, like, he did such a good job at limiting the bad interceptions that a lot of other quarterbacks throw. I think, I think that's one of his strengths. Good. <laughs>
0: that's what Nebraska needs. Yeah. I don't care who Nebraska gets. They just need somebody who, number one, fits into the program, like, culturally, but also makes good decisions and, you know, works on ball security. And, like, is that's an emphasis for them. Like, I don't care who it is. As long as you have those, cool, great, happy.
1: Yep. And also worth noting that all three of those guys are going to be one year mm-hmm. kind of stopgap veterans. Come in, play at a high level, and then develop a guy for the future, presumably the the plan there. Yeah, yeah. So those are the quarterbacks they're interested in. Also, Husker's interested in Ohio State wide receiver Julian Fleming as well. Uh, they'll see if they can host him. Going to be a lot of uh, interest for him. Former five-star recruit, done a, a good job there. Ohio state the last couple of years. But those are the guys that are maybe coming in a couple more outgoing transfers uh, to talk about as this roster kind of narrows a little bit of a numbers crunch, always in the off season uh, trying to get down, whittle the roster down a little bit. Uh, the first player who entered in the last week, a cornerback team in lineup, uh quickly landed at Pittsburgh, a little bit of an interesting one because it would have been easy to envision his path towards playing time. Uh, but that, I mean, that being said, I think, Pittsburgh's top two corners did graduate, so also a path to playing time there, but a little bit interesting to see Lyna moving on.
0: Yeah, I thought when he had the opportunity to play, I thought he did what was asked of him. Um, I wish him the best.
1: Yep, he was a, a really good, dependable backup this year. Uh, had a couple of games where he you know, came in, played 20, 30 snaps or whatever, but certainly he will have that opportunity to play there at Pittsburgh. Uh, should be one of their top secondary options. And then a former Pittsburgh uh, player quarterback Jeff Sims officially entering the transfer portal Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Georgia Tech What <laughs> who, are you doing Who who was Pittsburgh Whipple maybe Yeah I'm struggling yeah. <laughs> struggling uh, here Old offensive yeah. coordinator Mark Whipple <laughs>
0: Man you need a red bull
1: The ACC the ACC confusing <laughs> But anyway uh Sims you know this was uh, obviously the big the big landing you know the big addition last offseason People thought he was going to come in, be that dynamic game changer at quarterback. I mean, that quickly did not happen, but it seems the path for him, uh, he can transfer again as a graduate transfer, find another place, and potentially resume that starting role.
0: Yeah, it like it didn't work out, and I think that's okay. Um, I think he wants to be in a position where he can start somewhere else, and it's not here. So, But I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a good culture fit wherever he goes. Guys really like him, so you're not going to have to worry about that. Um, but wherever he goes, he's going to need to work on his decision-making and ball security and just having a trusting relationship with his offensive coordinator. So yep.
1: just one of those situations, like you said, it didn't shake out and probably just a change of scenery best for him, uh, find a different system and, and see how uh, he can best utilize those strengths. As a runner, again, showed a lot uh, for Nebraska in that category uh, this last year. So those two guys going out, um, a little bit hard to anticipate if there's going to be any more transfers again, like some of this stuff can happen in the spring. Mm -hmm. Like not everything has got to happen right away in this transfer portal. So I expect, you know, any, any sort of, I think concerns about those roster numbers. Like we were going through that last year and there was a lot bigger roster flip. Like this stuff will all be resolved uh, in plenty of time, but Really important, that transfer portal quarterback. Uh, this could be in the next week or so, I think that they would like to get that locked down. This is the time, right? They, you don't want that to stretch till January, certainly.
0: No, they need to figure that out now, like ASAP, like this week, if not before Wednesday.
1: Yeah, so which is why it's such a good indicator that they have gotten McCord uh, able to get him out on a visit. We'll see what transpires there. Of course, any updates as we get them, um, if Nebraska is able to land anybody, any more visitors, I will have those updates for you, journalstar.com. And of course, that's where you can find all of our coverage from the Volleyball Final Four. Amy and our Brent Wagner will be out there. Wish the best to you. Safe flight, safe travels.
0: Thank you. Should be fun.
1: Yep, absolutely. So Husker Volleyball going for a national championship this week. i uh, look for those updates online on our website. And thanks, as always, to all of you listeners, all of you viewers out there. Thanks for tuning into this one. We'll see you next week.